0: Is it almost a guarantee that the Detroit Pistons rookie, Asar Thompson, is going to be in the starting lineup? I give my prediction today in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons Podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jenny Johnson with one second What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That's another great way to support the podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So later on in the podcast, basically, I kind, of actually, I, I kind of want to let you guys know this. For the entirety of training camp, what the podcasts are going to be centered around, which I think you guys have probably picked up on, it's simply based off of what we hear from training camp that specific day. So each day so far this week, only all I've talked about is what Monty Williams has talked about, the players we were able to hear from, what they've said, interesting tidbits, interesting quotes, things that matter, that kind of stuff. So throughout training camp, that's all we're going to be talking about in the podcast, nothing else. Only whatever we get, where I'm going to tell you guys what we've heard and what it means. So that's all today's podcast is going to be about. Um, so stay tuned for everything we heard today from Monty Williams. Um and, and a few other players. Um, but the place I want to start with start at first is an area I feel like we've almost talked about in every episode now the last week. But I mean, this is what Monty keeps feeding us, and I think this has to be the easily the main talking point because of how important Monty seems to be making this topic. It seems like to me. Um, and it's Asar Thompson, the Pistons' first or their fifth overall pick. We've talked about all off season. Will Asar Thompson start? Will he come off the bench? And the argument I've given is that if he is a good defensive player as a rookie, I think he might force his way into the starting lineup with how the Pistons have talked about defense all offseason. And through the first few days of training camp, all Monty Williams has done is praise Asar Thompson and talk about how important defense is at every turn he possibly can. So on the last episode with Brandon Dent, we talked about, hey, will Asar start? Is there a likelihood with that? And we talked about how, yeah, it it seems like it's pretty likely, but anything can happen still. Um, I'm going to play a clip here. It's Monty Williams talking about Asar Thompson. Let me put my headphones on real quick so I can hear it with you guys. I'm going to play this clip from what Monty said today. I'm recording this on the 5th about Asar Thompson, and then we can come back right after that. But let's go ahead and listen to this clip. He's able to keep up. Yeah, he has. Uh, Physically, he has. We've, We've loaded him up mentally, so he's probably, his head's probably spinning and other things right now, but I, I, I don't mind that. I think stress um, allows for all of us to grow in capacity. I think you know, the more you're stressed out, the more um, stuff we throw at him allows for him to grow, but then it also tells me you know, who he is and how we can help him, and we've, we've stressed him out, we've hit him with a lot. But he has physical gifts and natural playing ability that allows for him to overcome some things that he might not know. Um, But we we think he's going to be phenomenal. And we think he's going to be an intricate part of our team. And there's a chance that can happen right away, just based on what we've seen this summer and and, in camp. All right, so let me take my headphones off real quick those of you guys watch on YouTube, yes, they are my Xbox headphones. It is what it is. My cord from my Beats got chewed up by my dog. You guys have dogs? You guys get it. Um, but anyways, the last part of what Monty Williams spoke about just now, that that is the most important part of what he said just now. There's a few other things he said in there, but the most important thing I took away from that is they think he's going to be a an extremely integral part to what they do, and he specifically went out of his way and there's a few things that Monty has done. And I'm going to tell you guys this. When coaches, when NBA coaches are asked questions and they go out of their way to talk about something that you wasn't really specifically asked, read into it. It's something that you read into because they don't have to say those things. A lot of coaches like to just give the answer that they were asked, hurry up, get press conference over, get back to practice, Get you know. They don't want to have to deal with the media most of the time. So when they go out of their way to bring up something in regards to a question, it's important. And Monty wasn't asked. Hey, will Asar Thompson be impactful immediately? Hey, will Asar be the starter immediately? Monty is going out of his way to say, hey, we think it probably is going to happen immediately from day one based on what we've seen from training camp and based on what we saw before training camp. So, I mean, at this point, as of October 15th, I I think I'd be shocked at this point if Asar Thompson is not the Pistons' starting wing. Now, maybe they do something crazy. We'll talk about this a little bit later, too. We'll talk about it in the third segment. I, I think it would there's no way it could happen. But hey, it could some crazy stuff could happen. But I think at this point it almost is I feel like it's almost a guarantee that Asar Thompson is going to be in the starting lineup. All we've heard from Monty, forget just about Asar Thompson. Every chance we get from Monty, all he's talking about is defense. How important defense is. If you can't play defense, you won't play. If you play defense, you will play for me. If you can do if you know where to be on defense, you will play for me. Everything starts with defense. Even uh, we'll talk about the use of analytics that uh, Monty Williams spoke about that I thought was pretty interesting. You'll find out there, he talks about, I mean, he starts with offense but then goes right into defense. So everything from Monty has been defense. From Troy over the offseason, defense. And who is the, likely going to be the Pistons' best wing defender out the gate? Asar Thompson. And especially if, he's in, if it's not just straight-up like point-of-attack defense, if it's just his overall defense in every area, and then he's also impressing in transition. Like I can only imagine in training camp, if he's talking this glowingly about him, I have to assume that SR is doing more than just straight up defense. He he must his teammates have run out of their way to talk about how his playmaking is better than maybe people talk about. I've talked about his playmaking, so I don't know if they're talking about me, you feel me? But <laughs> the point is, I think he's showing probably in training camp other things than just his defense. I have to assume a star Thompson is going to be starting. Now, whether it's for Boyan, whether that's for Stu, and if something crazy happens, whether it's for Jane Ivey, whoever he's starting for, I, I'm i getting to a point where I think it's almost a guarantee he's going to start. They need his defense, and if they really are will, uh, talking about buying it, not maybe not talking about, I guess the best way to say it is, if they're really walking the walk about the defense, I mean... I, The star probably should start then. Because it's not that you should be expecting every rookie on the wing that has, you know, potential defensively to be good out the gate. I mean, part of it does say something about the the Pistons roster construction that a 20-year-old rookie is likely to be their best wing defender, even as a a rookie, because the rest of the guys, uh, their wings just aren't very good defensively. And then you got Isaiah Livers, who's also out due to injury. So some of it does say something about their roster construction, I'm sure. But then another part, it seems like that maybe Asar, like we've mentioned on the podcast before, is that maybe he is one of the rookies who are, or who is instantly good defensively for the NBA. Not good for a rookie, but good relative to the NBA as a rookie. So we'll see what happens, but I think I'd feel pretty confident, man, that I, like I, if I had money right now, I think I'd feel pretty confident. <laughs> Not if I had money. i have some money, you feel me? But if if I wanted to throw some money down, on who the Pistons stars were, I'd feel pretty confident putting a Asar Thompson in the starting lamp at this point. I, it does all the signs are pointing to it, and James James Edwards third, He keeps writing articles hinting at it. I, I think you know where there's smoke, there's fire. So I, I'm going to assume that Asar is going to be in the starting lamp some way, somehow. We'll find out who it is exactly he's filling in for, but I, I think he's probably going to be their starter. So, what do you guys think after listening to that clip, all the things that Monty Williams has talked about? this offseason, and in the few days of training camp, do you guys think it's basically a guarantee of a start that Asar Thompson is going to be the Pistons' starting wing? Or do you think, hey, pump the brakes, he may still not start? Let me know what you guys' thoughts are in the comment section down below or over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. When we come back, there is another player that Monty, not Kuka Hill, okay, let me just make that clear, Monty Williams, not me, has went out of his way now on back-to-back-to-back days to talk about, to, to give credit to. And that's Killian Hayes. What does this mean? What's going on? We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys... But one of our sponsors, this one is FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So if you're a Lions fan, you're trying to get into it, you can go over to FanDuel, you can take the over- on Goff's passing yards. You can take the over on Jameer Gibbs catches. You can take the line spread. You can take the money line for them to straight up beat. I believe they played the Carolina Panthers this week. Straight up to beat the Carolina Panthers. You can do all that, or you can put them all into one betting slip. You can do all that with FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. Again, if you use code LockedOn, customers will get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place the 5 bet. So again, visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review. On whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, that's another great way to support the podcast. We are on our road to 10,000 subscribers by the end of this upcoming season. So again, if you guys have not hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel, I would really appreciate it. It's the best way to support the podcast. Um, Again, let's try to reach that goal, man. I think we can do it. All right, so I want to make this very clear because I've had a few listeners, I've had a few few fans say, you know, stop talking. Why do you keep pushing this Killian Hayes thing? I'm not pushing Killian Hayes. Monty Williams is going out of his way to talk about Killian Hayes. So if you want to talk to anybody but mentioning Killian Hayes, it's Monty Williams. And like I said at the beginning of this podcast, my plan throughout training camp Each day of training camp is to simply talk about what Monty Williams is telling us and what we're hearing from players, what players we are are being allowed to hear from, and what Monty Williams is giving us. That's all I'm talking about. And now this is now back-to-back days that he is going out of his way to mention Killian Hayes, which I think most fans probably should be happy about. That is a person that the Pistons drafted. So if he actually is playing well, if he actually is improved and he ends up cracking a rotation. I don't see why fans would be upset about that. As a guy you drafted, you'd assume that you'd want a draft pick to eventually pan out. But anyways, let's, let's get into what Monty Williams said. So also I want to make this clear to you guys too. I am not at these practices. All I'm, everything I'm getting is from the beat writers and the clips that get sent to me from those I am close with um, from training camp. Those are who are there. So all that is being fed to me. I'm relaying it to you guys um, in the future. I will hopefully be at some events, um, and there I'll have more clips to play for you guys from myself. But, again, I'm not there during these times as of right now. All this is being fed to me from beat riders and, again, people I'm close with who are there. So first thing, this is and this is some tweets coming from James Edwards the third, the athletic Detroit Pistons beat writer I'm getting this from. So he tweets out, Monty Williams said Killian Hay's size has always been intriguing to him. Said he heard about him coming out the draft and has followed him closely from a distance. Mentioned his ability to make the right plays and his size defensively. Uh, Monty also went on to say that Killian has been quote-unquote terrific so far in camp. Now, if you go on to, and I suggest you guys all follow all the Pistons beat writers, whether that's James or, or Mar- Amari Sankova II or Mike Curtis. Follow all of them. You get all kinds of uh, content from all of them. They all bring you different things. Um, but then Omari also tweeted out, because um, he followed up with the question after he went out of his way to bring up Killian right there. Because I believe the question that he was asked was, um, how has this guys responded to being pushed? Um, and he went on to say that, hey, Cade and Jalen Duran led a really strong practice last night, and also Killian Hayes was terrific. He's been really impressive, blah, blah, this, that, and the other. So, And then Omari followed up and asked him about Killian. And Amari said, Killian, or Monty said on Killian, I like big guards who can defend. He plays the right way. I tell him if you compete every day, you will stand out. So, oh, he also went on to say Killian has been showing his leadership in various of ways as well. So, look, am I a believer in Killian Hayes? Yes. This is not me feeding this to you guys. This is me simply talking about what's being said. So if we are to believe what Monty Williams is saying, and like I told you guys in the last podcast with Brandon Dent, now that we're in training camp and now that this stuff is being said, I feel comfortable saying this out loud. I had heard throughout the offseason on at least two different occasions that Monty Williams was a fan of Killian Hayes because of his defense's ability to switch and how he was a bigger guard. That's exactly what he's laying out here in training camp. So it's not shocking to me to hear it. But what I, I don't want to talk about Killian Hayes himself as much, I I don't think that's where I'm trying to go with this. What I'm trying to go with, if Monty Williams actually is, let's say, telling the truth, he's not just lying to to everybody. I don't see why he'd lie about this. But if he's telling the truth and things are going well for Killian Hayes and he's standing out in training camp and he let's say he plays well in preseason, I'm sure I'm assuming everyone's going to get a chance in preseason and he plays well in preseason. I mean, how would Killian Hayes even be able to fit in the in the rotation? Because they do have a lot of guards and there is a lot of a uh, crunch. For minutes right now. Well, the easy answer, the, the number one answer would simply be, well, if he's outplaying other guys, he'll simply will, oh, he'll just simply play over them. If Monty feels like he's outplaying them, I mean, he, he'll he play over those guys. Like, that. that's the easy one, okay? Like, that's obvious. However, Monty Morris is going to play. I can't see any world where Monty Morris is not playing. And Alec Burks is going to be playing. I can't see any world that doesn't happen. I think one of the reasons, and one of the ways Killing Hayes can fit in the rotation, I think this is probably a way that Monty is looking at Killing Hayes, which is why he's bringing up the fact that he's a big guard with long arms, that's physical, and plays defense and can switch. Now, if you remember on the last podcast with Brandon, Brandon said that something he's heard from Monty throughout the offseason is that he likes switching. Like, he likes having guys who are switchable. Killing Hayes is one of the switchable guys on the team. So, I'm going to assume that if Killing Hayes for real is actually playing well in training camp, and Monty's telling us the truth, and Monty wants him in the rotation because of his defense. If that is, if this is all true, I'm going to assume Killian Hayes will probably be the backup three then. Because, like I said, Killian Hayes is six five. He has long arms. If you see, if you've looked at him, if you've seen him now, I think Monty mentioned this as well. Um, and I think Brandon last I keep referencing Brandon. You guys follow him on Twitter at Detroit Kool Aid. Great follow. He's the Pistons beat writer for World War Sports. But he's mentioned being at the training camp and being at the practice facility, etc., Killian looks bigger, stronger, more like a man. Um, not to say that he didn't look strong before. Killian was pretty built well, but they're saying that he looks more like he looks like a grown man. He's a guy that could probably guard threes. That's probably his better defensive position, anyways. And he's a guy who can switch one, two, three. And if he has switched down to four, he can hold his own. So that's what I'm assuming. If this is if if Monty Williams for real is trying to put Killian Hayes in the rotation, because of his defense, and he, Killian Hayes really has improved this offseason. I heard he had a strong offseason. Take that forever you will. You hear that by a lot of players. I understand. Take it with a grain of salt. But if Monty Williams is impressed with Killian and wants to get him in the rotation, that's the only way I can see it actually happening. I don't see a world where all of a sudden, oh, I love Killian Hayes so much. You know, he, he's playing so great defense, I'm going to play him over Monty Morris. No, that's... I. That's not going to happen. Oh, Mont- or Killian Hayes' defense is so great. He's a two way player. He's making plays on both ends of the floor. I'm playing him over Alec Burks. No, I like I, that. That's just not going to happen. I can't see that happening. The only opening in this rotation, I think, is at the three position. And that's whether they start Asar or Boyan. Because if they were to start, let's say if they start Asar, then you play Boyan at the four, you run Killian Hayes at the three, and now you got really good spacing. And you got a, a good defender at the three who's switchable. Um, if you want to start Boyan, bring Asar. Asar can play the four. We've talked about Asar playing the four multiple times on the podcast. And then you just have two switchable guys now, Killian and Asar Thompson. So that would be the only way I could see Killian Hayes cracking the rotation and getting consistent minutes. Now, if he cracks the rotation early on and he's playing really well, I mean, obviously, when guys play well, you give them more minutes. So you don't, It's not really about this whole, you know, what we do on podcasts when we sit here and try to break it down. Okay, well... You know, if he, who am I not going to play then? No, it's if he's out there playing well, you just obviously just keep giving him minutes. Like, it's, I don't think it's that, I don't think it's as confusing as maybe we make it out to be. Um when we talk about these kind of things, you usually just play the players who are playing well in that specific time, whatever. Um And despite what Monty's bringing up with Killian Hayes, I do think it's still going to be, I think that the likeliness is that he is not in the rotation because they have Cade. They have Jane Ivy, and they did bring in Monty Morris, and They have Alec Burks. Like, those guys, unless Killian Hayes took some sort of big jump in this offseason, which I guess is not impossible. It's not impossible. But unless he made some big jump, I can't see him being better than those guys right now. If he is, I'd love it. Again, I'm a Killian Hayes believer. I'd be ecstatic if he's better than those guys. But the likelihood that he's not... So the only way I could see it happening is if he, want, if he wants to play Killian Hayes at the three, which I do think is possible. I think that's probably, that makes sense to do. It's just a matter of, okay, well, if you're playing Killian Hayes at the three, that means Joe Harris isn't playing. And again, Joe Harris did mention, went out of his way himself at Media Day to say, hey, I'm one of those vets that, hey, if I'm not playing, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to sit around BITCH about it. I'm, I'm going to be a good vet. I'm going to sit on the bench. I'm going to root my guys on. I'm going to give them pointers. I'll be cool. Um, I, I would be cool too if I was getting paid $23 million. But hey, <laughs> it's cool to have a vet like that. So that's the that's the that's the only spot I can see this working out in. So stay tuned to how this works out. Um, again, I I want to make this clear. This is not me going on my way to push Killian Hayes. Monty Williams keeps bringing him up. Monty Williams keeps going out of his way to bring up Killian Hayes looking good. This is not me. This is not me doing it. I'm simply talking about what Monty's talking about. So if you have a problem with it, take it up. With Monty, don't 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 come at me. I'm I'm just the messenger here. All right, I, I'm just the messenger. Um, so let me know in the comment section down below though if Monty is telling the truth and he actually is believing that Killian Hayes is looking good and he wants to, he might try to find a way to get him in the rotation. Where do you th- see Killian Hayes possibly fitting in? Do you see a future where he possibly is out? outplaying a Monty Morris or an Alec Burks. Do you see him at the back of three? Where do you see him fitting in if he is impressing the coach this much to warrant rotation minutes? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka When we come back, I want to talk about Jay and Ivy and also the use of analytics that Monty Williams kind of touched on. We'll talk about both those things when we come back. Um, But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look incredibly good. Bird Dog's stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog's shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts, too, that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dog's fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice the movement. Bird Dog's uses anti stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Bird Dog's are functional for just about... Any occasion out there, you want to go play basketball, bird dogs will be good for you there. You want to go out and play some golf, good for you there. You want to go out on a date, hey, you'll still look good in those. You want to go out with the boys, hey, good for you. You want to go out to the pool, hey, bird dogs works out there. You want to go work out, you want to go to work. Bird dogs fit in just about any scenario possible. So go to birddogs.com/slashlockedonnba or enter promo code lockedonnba at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com/slashlockedonnba for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Again, that slash birddogs.com/slash/slash/lockedonnba for a free water bottle at checkout with bird dogs. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on our podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review. on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, that's another great way to support the podcast. Um, this isn't going to be a long segment. I just want to touch on two things briefly. Um, I know uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you see on the side one of the topics says use of analytics. But actually, there's another – there's somewhere else I want to go first. Um, and that's, that's a mistake on my part. Um, I thought about it as I was recording. I'm like, you know what, th- th- I, I this probably should be more important here. Um, but we will talk about what Monty said with when it came to um analytics. But anyways, there's been there's been something interesting brewing, and I, I don't know if there's something there or if if there's nothing there. But as as we talked about on last podcast episode with Brandon Dent, there was like a little like in James Edwards. Le- uh, article, I believe it was two articles ago, um, where he talked about predicting what he's hearing and seeing from Monty Williams, whatever, when it comes to the rotations, et cetera, when it comes to defense. And in there, he said, you can pretty much pencil in Cade, Stu, and Duran. And there was a name that was left out of there that I thought, whoa, hold on. Like, he's penciled in as a starter. There's no way ever that he's not going to be a starter. And that was Jane Ivey. So we talked about that a little bit, how that was a little... Hmm. That's a little, little fishy. That's a you know maybe maybe we're reading too much into it. May, maybe not, but it just perked my ears up a little bit. Um, then today, Jane Ivey apparently was asked about if being a starter uh, is of importance and something guys need to be seen as. Um, and this is from James Edwards again. His tweet. Um, he says Jane Ivey said in short, no, and that it's all about winning to him and doing what the team needs you to do, whatever that may be. Do I think Jane Ivey's coming off the bench? Probably not. I I, like, I think it's, I can't see it happening, but I think it's a little like, I think it's at least something to watch now because this is not the second straight day where there's been some kind of talk about Jane Ivy, potentially not being the starter. And it's not coming from fans. It's not coming from, you know, the Pistons community. It's coming from the, uh, the, the Pistons themselves. It's coming from one of the players. It's coming from one of the coaches. It's coming from one of the beat writers. Like, again could could I be reading too much into it yeah and that's why I don't actually I don't think I'm reading too much into it because I still think Jane Ivy's going to so I just can't see that not happening but back-to-back days where this has been a topic and and Jane Ivey himself has went out and said no I mean starting doesn't matter winnings all that matters and doing whatever the team needs you to do like I don't know I, I'm I feel I just feel like that's something maybe we want to watch for because that I mean it, it has my ears perked up if I'd be lying if I said I, at least I wasn't like hmm that's that's weird, that's interesting, and that's back to back days now. I found myself saying, "Hmm, that that's interesting." When it comes to Jane Ivy starting, so that's why I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, everyone's talking about you know, Cade, Ivy, Asar, Stu Duren being the starting line. What if, what what if it's Cade, Asar, Boyan, Stu Duran? What if Ivy's the one getting you know getting brought off the bench, like? I, again, I want to make this clear. I do not think that's going to happen. I, I think if if I had to put my money on, like, the percentages, I'd still say 95% chance Jane Ivey starts. But before this week, I had it at 100%. Like, I, I like no doubt about it, even talking about it, even mentioning it, asking him a question about it, writing about it, talking about it on the podcast, even all any of that I thought was, would just be lunacy. I'd be like, why, why are you wasting your time doing that? But now, after two days, I've went from 100% to 95%, where I think it's something at least you should be like, huh, let's 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 watch that. Let let's watch that. So again, I, I think Ivy's going to start, but I think it's interesting that this is now the second straight date this has come up. I I don't know. Let me know what you guys think about that though. Do you guys think it's nothing? Do you guys think it's at least interesting? What like what, what are you guys thinking? Uh, let me know. Um, and then lastly, not going to spend too long on it. But I personally like hearing this kind of stuff from coaches. Um, Monty Williams was asked about, you know, the use of analytics. Um, And what does he think about analytics? And Monty Williams gave the answer of any real person who knows about analytics, and anyone who actually knows what analytics mean, like the analytics they use mean, you know, the smart people who use analytics know that, and this is basically what Monty Williams said. I'm not going to play the full clip. It's like a three-minute clip. I can't play that on the podcast. But he basically said, you know, analytics are good with context. Like, just throwing a number out there with no context to the situation means nothing. Um, and he also mentioned how, you know, and this is the main thing that I really like when coaches say, and anyone says, because too often people who don't really know what analytics are, who just throw out, oh, this is a nerd speak, or, hey, stop with the numbers, it's just eye test. Like, people like that who don't actually know what analytics are just hate analytics because it's something they don't get. Just assume that, you have to get forty threes up, 53, 63s up, and just don't t- shoot twos. That's just not the case. And Monty Williams mentioned that, like, hey, yeah, you want to get threes up. There, you don't want to just take not no threes. Like, yes, yeah, so you want to get a lot of threes up, but you want to shoot high percentage on twos because twos are the easiest shot in the game. Like layups are the easiest shot in the game. Shots at the rim, the easiest shots in the game. So Monty mentioned, like, hey, if you can get a high percentage on twos and you end up taking, you know, more twos because you are efficient at those. That's good too. Being efficient is all that matters. Whether it's efficient, you know, some teams will be a better three-point shooter than finishing team. Some teams will be a better finishing team than three-point shooting team. Now there is eventually a math equation that is going to play out that hey, if you know, if you make 10 twos, but the other team you're going against makes five threes, like you lose that. Like there there is like well actually, do you make miss that? Do you lose that one? Is it I just threw out some random numbers. I just realized that probably isn't how you wouldn't lose that. So if you make 10 twos, that's 20 points. If you make, let's say, like seven threes, then you make 21 points, you get outscored. So there is somewhat of a math equation where, yeah, you have to get, you do want to make sure you get some threes up. Like there is a certain t- you know margin that you want to hit with threes because you can just get outnumbered at some point. Like that that does happen. But overall, if, you, if you're getting a lot of layups, if you're scoring a lot in the paint, not only are you efficient at that, that would be great, but like Monty also went on to say with that, hey, just getting a made basket, being efficient at just overall scoring allows you to get into a set defense, which there is. I mean, maybe there is, but I, I not one that I know, that an analytic that goes out there and say, like, hey, you know, this is what happens when you score and you get back on a set defense. It helps you this percentage amount more. And, you know, I'm probably sure that NBA office front offices probably have – you know, that kind of those kind of numbers available to him. I'm, I'm he kind of mentioned that. So I actually, you know what? I'm almost 100% sure the Pistons probably have those numbers available to him because he kind of referenced the fact that he, you know, that those, those exist. So my overall point is it was cool to hear Monty speak about it, because if you have a coach who just believes analytics should never be used, you're not in a good position. If you have a coach that believes numbers is all that matters and you should only be getting 73s up and no twos or anything and like twos are bad, then you don't really under, understand what analytics actually are saying. And I feel like listening to Monty talk. He has a very well understanding of what analytics are, how useful they are, and also understand that they are determined by context. You can't just use numbers for anything. There's no arbitrary number without context. Everything needs context, and there's more to just the numbers. So I thought that was interesting to hear him talk about it. Um, and I agreed with everything he said. Like again, if you understand what analytics are and you actually know what they mean, you know how to use them. This should be you should know this, like this should be understandable. Like you, everyone should already know that. But I know that right now, especially at this point with the rise of the three ball and, and people being so against any kind of use of numbers because they just assume it's nerds or whatever. There's a big war on like analytics basically. So I'm, I'm appreciative of Monty, you know, saying what needs to be said with that because every NBA team uses analytics. And as soon as people understand and get, get it through that, you know, analytics are here to stay and teams use them and they're important, the better we can all be. Now, once you start talking about context, okay, then we can do that. But just dismissing numbers, the analytics completely, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage for no reason. So that's it. That's all I've got for you guys today, though. What do you guys think? What do you guys what's your guys' biggest takeaway from training camp so far? Let me know all that, comment section down below, or over on Twitter at Hill. That's all I've got for you guys today. Hit that subscribe button to YouTube channel. Leave us a five star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. Till next time, till next training camp. Let's find out what Monty gives us the next day. Can't wait. Every day's been interesting. Every day's been fun. I'm 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 happy. Pistons basketball is back. I'm happy the NBA is back. This is fun. I feel like we all have not just me with the podcast, but fans in general. Everyone just has a little bit, you know, a little jump start of energy now with with the Pistons coming back and practicing. Everyone has a little bit of jump start, you know, like we just drink a monster or something. I'm really juiced up. I'm, I'm excited for this season. So, can't wait to see it coming. Can't wait for the first preseason game. So, um, but, anyways, until then, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe out there. Till next time, peace out.